All right, we're in Sefer Yeshayahu, Peret Tes Zion, Pasuk Yud Beis. We are continuing with the Nevoah that prophesies the destruction of B'nai Israel's century-old enemy, Moab. Just interesting to point out, as we have before, B'nai Israel do not have a direct physical hand in the destruction of Moab, unlike the other nations like the Plishtim. It's done by Sancheirev, but we see it is prophesied here. Um, let's start with Yud Beis. When it becomes apparent, or they're fatigued, they've been fighting, they are fatigued, nothing is working. Al-Habama, uh, the high places, it could be where they uh, pray incessantly to their Avodah or it could be the high places where they fight actual battles. Either way, they are fatigued. Uva el mikdashav they come to their temples, the sanctuaries, to continue their incessant praying to their irrelevant deities. It doesn't work. Nothing they do is going to work. This is what the Kaddish Baruch Hu has been saying to Moab. Me'oz means from then. What is from then? Rashi describes Me'oz. Miyamim Rabim Lifnei Abahara'ah. This is way before the actual destruction. That's when he is prophesying, this was decreed before. Your destruction is preordained. It's not if, it's when. So, mayos may ace asher sochar bolak as bilam. It goes back thousands of years to that moment when Balak, the king of Moab, hires Bilam, the navi of his time in the outside world, to curse B'nai Yisrael, and of course we know the results, but that's when it was marked for your destruction. Billy, but why are people alive in, you know, at this time responsible for the sins or the actions of, of their ancestors? The star, well, no, they've got a lot more on the record, Moab. Moab has been a destructive force, but it was decided, yes, they would be, they would be punished. Um, yeah, and you are held accountable. But, you know, in, in Navi, in Tari, you are held accountable as a, in a national memory for what you've done before. But that's not the only reason. That's when it started. So now, as we say, it was Mayor's. And now the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to follow through. He's going to give you an exact time. Three years. What's going to happen is three years, um, like the years of a Sakhir. It's a very interesting metaphor. A Sakhir is an indentured worker. According to halacha, you cannot have, you should not have a indentured servant in your employee for over three years. He's not really paid. And at the end of three years, the metaphor continues, he can't wait to get out. He's going to get out on the day his indenture stops. Moreover, the Mephoshim point out it is three years that Moab has been 
subservient in fighting Israel with Sancheirev. So the time has come, the clock is about to sound. Uh, and what happens when Niklok abode Moab and the glory that was once Moab, the Choha Hamon, Harav, and all the multitudes of people who shone Ma'at, what's going to be left over is minimal, nothing. Mizar lo kabir, and what is left is going to be meaningless, helpless, worthless. And thus, the curtain comes down on Moab. As we said, a long time standing enemy of Moab, of uh, B'nai Yisrael, with special consideration because of the relationship to Lot. Now we turn our attention to Damesek, Perak Yitzayin. Damesek has been around an awfully long time. We encounter it with Avraham, uh, Avraham's servant, Eliezer, is referred to as Damesek Eliezer, because he's from Damesek. We see that even after the, the uh, destruction, Damesek will continue. We see even today, Damesek is still considered a world capital in terms of Syria. So Damesek seems almost, it's destructible, but it keeps like the phoenix arising from the dust. So this is Madamesic, the prophecy Masa again, we've said is the most strictest intense language of prophecy. Hine Damesic Musa Meir, Vahoisa Mei Mapala. So Damesic will cease to be a city and instead, Masa Damesic Mapala, it will be a pile literally of rubble. Let's just sketch the historical context here because it becomes very important. We read or we learned that the king of the ten tribes, Pekach Remayahu, the next to last king of the northern kingdom, makes an alliance, a destructive alliance with Ritzin <clears throat> Melech Aram, whose purpose is nothing less than a civil war against Yehuda. They are going to fight their brethren Yehuda with the aim of ultimately conquering Yushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash. It exacts a terrible cost in human life and suffering. The Medrash tells us they killed 125,000 uh, Jewish men on one day, you can imagine. So it's an evil, uh, malevolent civil war that Ramach ben, uh, Pekach ben Ramayahu and Ritzin entered into. On the other side, Ahaz, who is the reigning king of Yehuda, he makes an alliance with then um, Tiglas Peleser, who is, some say is before Sancheru, some say it is really Sancheru. They make an alliance at the cost of which Ahaz hands over the whole treasury practically of the Beis Hamikdash and of his kingly treasury to protect him. In the end, it of course does not work, but the Kodesh Baruch comes to Ahaz through Yishayahu and says, don't worry, they will never touch Yerushalayim. Sancheirev will fail. So that is the context which he's making this Nebuah, and he's telling Damesek, which is Aram, which is um, the partner now of um, B'nai Yisrael, uh, in terms of destroying Yehuda, Azuvos Ore Arar, that the cities of Arar was a principal city of um, Aram, will be deserted. 
They will be for the flocks. Flocks will trample over it. There will be no human beings, which is a very bad sign. There will be nobody, nobody to disturb it. Now we're going to turn the attention of this particular prophecy to Bnei Yisrael, those northern tribes. And what is going to happen is the strength of Ephraim. Ephraim is, um, of course, synonym for Bnei Yisrael, the ten tribes. Uh, that's because Yeruvah ben Nevat, the first king, was from Ephraim. Umi mamlachami damesek, in the kingdom of Damesek, Ushar Aram, the rest of Aram, they are broken, their fortifications will be destroyed. Kichvod b'nei Yisrael, they will be like the, the honor of b'nei Yisrael, and that is being extremely sarcastic. Kichvod b'nei Yisrael is pejorative, like their wonderful honors and that they are going to be exiled from the land. That says, In other words, the end is coming for this unholy alliance. And on that day, the glory, the kavod of B'nai Yisrael will be impoverished. The metaphor is that they, the fact their healthy um, builds is going to be, Yerazeh will be thin. Thin because they are, as the word Dalim suggests, impoverished. They lose all their wealth. One who loses all their wealth, the Medra says, loses all the covered they get as well. And now, Bahayaka Asaf Katsir, a very beautiful metaphor. The destruction is going to be, Kasif Katsir is like a harvester, a very skilled harvester, who has a scythe or a, a plow in his right hand and cuts to his right, and one in his left will cut with his left. In other words, if he doesn't get the first time, he gets it the second. We know that that is Sancherev. Sancherev keeps coming back. If he missed a pocket this time, he will get it last time. We see that uh, in the Holocaust how the Nazis, they wouldn't leave a house unturned. If they weren't there, they would come back a second time. That is what is going to happen here, that this harvester just will go through with the right, with the left, cutting, etc. And it is like he is harvesting an Amic Rafaim. Amic Rafaim, we know, is that valley outside of Yushalayim. It is famed for its infertility. There was nothing that really grew there. Stubble, remnants. He's going to get that. He's not going to miss a thing, Sanchever. The Nisharbo Alalot Kinokev, there's going to be remnants of little uh, grapes. What's going to happen in there that live Zayishnayim Bishlosha? Maybe two or three on the top of the tree, Gargim, Barosh Amir, at the top of Amir, which is considered a very small <coughs> tree, or Babachamisha, at most four and five, Besifa Priya in its fruit. And Noam Hashem Alafay Israel, that says the Kodesh Parkle. The Medrash tells us what we're talking about. The Amir is the towering strength. And yes, the Gedolim will be left over, the Chachamim, the Tamidei Chachamim, they will be survived, but nothing else. 
The best they're going to be three, four, depending on the size of the tree. And finally, on that day of destruction, man will look. Yeshua means turn around and look. Alosehu to his Creator. He will see the Kaddish Baruch after all the false gods and the and the. Uh, Failure to approach the Kaddish Baruch Hu, they suddenly realize it's an interesting adjective. Yisheh look to we see it in Bereshis where Kaddish Baruch Hu looks to Cain's uh, offering. He turns his eyes to Cain's offering. Here too, they will return. And they will not. They will no longer look to their altars that they have made with their own hands. Vasher osu et spaso, which they created with their fingers, the icons, the, the little idols. Lo yireh, they're not going to look at to observe v'hasherim, hasherim we know are the trees of, of Odazora. V'hachmanim, v'hoya hachmanim, that's from the Hamal, the suns, the sun gods that they worship. All of that will stop. And remember, this is directed against Bnei Israel. It will be on that day, the cities will have been left barren. It will be totally, totally desolate. You have forgotten your God, you said this is the true salvation. And the rock of your fortress, Lozacharta, you have not remembered. Alkain, Titu, Nitie, Nemonim, Uzmoras, Zor, Tizutanu. Therefore, your saplings, uh, those saplings that were created with such promise, with such um, potential, will be. Uh, forgotten by you, and instead you will see strange, foreign, corrupt fruit will be created. Instead, you will have wasted your entire potential. And so the rest will continue with a further depressing destruction of B'nai Israel, probably too depressing. Erev Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, we will do continue this in Yus Hashem, 8.45 a.m. Monday. So fun.